against the world. Nothing to lose. It's me against the world, baby. Did you know where we get the water? Where SF gets its water? Have you heard of it? No. It's called. It's this place called Hetch Hetchy. Okay. Um, Mel and I went there, I think, last winter, and it's gorgeous. It's this reservoir that holds like billions and billions of gallons of water, um, and it's all near the Yosemite Valley area. Oh. And you go there, and it's just this gorgeous country you there's this one spot on your way to Hetch Hetchy mm-hmm. um, it's like this it, it, it looks like a gnome village um, but you but you get there and it's a middle of nowhere in the middle of the woods and they serve the best bison burger I've ever had in my whole life okay it's it's you can't miss it it's the only s- s- spot of civilization between the highway and Hetch Hetchy mm-hmm. and you you can't I highly recommend it okay um 
But but yeah, I'm Chris Miranda. This is Enter VR, and today I'm talking to Dara Budnakdar. Mm-hmm. I think I just murdered your name. Ah, you start. <laughs> <laughs> Dara is the founder of Jahan, uh, Jahan World, or Jahan? Just Jahan. The okay. URL is JahanWorld.com or Jahan.Global. Okay. And Dara, what is Jahan? What are you up to with it? Uh, Jahan is a platform that allows you to a virtual reality platform that allows you to uh, interact and explore museums, art galleries, or even custom-made works online. Nice. Um, where did that inspiration come from for this idea? Um, so long story short, I was in a hackathon last year and I was playing with Google Glass and I absolutely hated it. And it like it like burned my hand with the battery and the camera resolution was as was bad. Uh, and it just the, the battery lasted like one hour and like and because I wanted to originally make a medical app where like you can like look at a body part, it'll tell you the muscles or Ooh. Or the nerves or what or any body part uh, it was I, I wanted it to be for surgical or even for just regular doctor checkups um but then google Glass sucked yeah and i'm like ah oh, fuck this uh <laughs> pardon my language i'll probably curse a lot uh, please, please we uh, can say again this is we can say where the fuck we want okay. <laughs> um, uh, but then someone had a dk oculus rift dk1 yeah uh and i'm like ooh, interesting so i put it on and i test it i'll download a couple of things i'm like this is fascinating all right before we go into vr I, you know let me take a step back what mm-hmm. were you expecting out of ar at the time what would you think the possibilities were I, I think there were a lot of possibilities, and I still, still think now there are a lot of possibilities. Uh, I think, for example, like, for medical, it would be huge. Like, imagine just training uh, training, uh, training surgeons, just, okay, here are the body parts, this is what you do. It'd be much more efficient. And I think even co- uh, more uh, effective in terms of many ways. Uh, in, what else? I just think it's very limitless. Because uh, mm-hmm. in VR, you fully immerse yourself, and there's a really good video online of, like, testing the gear vr like in multiple scenarios in public and they, most of them suck for the most part because you guess you just can't put it on the train so easily uh because you always pay it over someone can take my stuff like yeah. something like that whereas with ar it's much more you're you're still you still are aware of the things around you it just simply enhances it yeah um like the best feature google last when i tried it was this translation feature that actually google bought the company called world lens uh it's on the google translate app now uh when you look at something it will automatically translate it and overlay it so like text so text. if you if you run into sort of let's say i, I want to go i go to japan and i'm trying to order um seafood there and uh, I'm allergic to octopus, right? Mm-hmm. You know, this would save my life because I would be able to scan the menu and theoretically it would tell me this this has yeah. octopus in it, right? Exactly. Microsoft has it in their app too. Mm-hmm. They have a translation app, believe it or not. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> there's a translation app? Yeah, but that actually has more languages than Google translates wow. languages in terms of AR capabilities. Uh, it's, it's decent. It even has Persian, which I'm like really surprised <laughs> with. I'm like, oh, okay. Uh, um, and yeah, it, it's fascinating that just this is just the beginning. Imagine how down the line it would go yeah um and and this is coming this is coming this is kind of going into jahan as well but it, it can provide context to a lot of things in life sometimes we look at things and we're like oh this is cool but what's the big deal like you look at the mona lisa at the louvre and you're like this is cool but why is this the most famous painting in the world and with ar like you can for example even virtual reality or a mix of the two a hybrid you can see the true like why is this famous like oh you know there's these different layers of paintings that they recently discovered that was a painting the original draft of the Mona Lisa was behind the is behind the current one. Hmm. They used um, laser technology. I think it was light technology. Sorry to to scan behind the Mona Lisa, and they saw an original version of it. Is the original version a man after all, or is it or is it still a woman? I think it's still a woman. 
Okay, okay. I want to say so. I've been reading too much of the Vinci Code when I was in high school, so... I know, worries. Yeah. <laughs> we all want the Mona Lisa to be a man, right? <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, like, or like, oh, like, or like Mona Lisa was stolen in yeah. the early 20th century, and then it was mysteriously returned. Uh, stuff like that, and... In a world where this happens, what's going to happen to tour guides? What, what, are, what are, you know, what are they going to do for a living once uh, we all, we have all the information we need out of whatever... It's going to... Ch- I think the tour guides will become electronic tour guides. Much like how factory workers in car manufacturing companies were replaced by robots, and you were gonna, I think we're going to see a shift, a change in that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think we're, we're going to get new apps, uh, new services that will be a different type of tour guide. I think there will still exist walking tour guides, uh, but I, I think it will change over time. That's just me. Yeah. Um, some of the best tours I've been on were walking tours. Like, for example, Amsterdam. That was a free walking tour. And I walked around it. Like, it was one of the best tours because I did not know half the stuff about Amsterdam that I saw there. Like, you know, as a as a American, you think, oh, pot and and uh, red light district and okay and Anne Frank. But and then you think, and then you go there and it's this walking tour, and you're like, oh, bloody hell! There's so much more to Amsterdam than I realized. Mm-hmm. And even like, there's like a like for example, there'll be like a brick in the middle of a co- in a cobbled road, and you're like, oh, you don't know that and then like they'll point it out like oh this was during like the reformation like protest they put it there and i'm like really like wow yeah you're like you would never have noticed that yeah so Uh, much history holy shit yeah and and that's where i think ar and by extension vr will provide a lot of context to things and i think that's the key isn't that is that an okay help me figure out if this is an irony or not but is it is it an irony that we're using technology to bring back the past or in or enhance our understanding of the past I think it's irony, but to be honest, like, so I kind of had a really stupid revelation the other night, uh-huh. a week ago. I'm like, and I, I got to stress I was not high or anything, so it was not like one of those pot revelations. <laughs> um, but like, I was just like, whoa, te- schools and education is for is for the previous generations to teach us everything they know. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I didn't think of it that way. Hmm. So if anything, like... Yeah, it's so simple when you think about it, uh, kind of on a basic elementary school level, but it, I'm like, I didn't think of it that way. Just from that macroscopic sort of view, like, exactly. yeah, you have generation, so the, so the old generation teaches all the tools to the new generation that got the old generation to where they are, right? Mm-hmm. That's, uh, and then they can build on top of it and pass and move it forward. And I think technology is going to complement that. It's already done that. Look at the internet. We have electronic libraries. We have, you know, virtual reality right now. We have so much that I, I think it will enhance it even more. And I think we will get a better appreciation for the world around us. I, I say that very naively. Yeah. And very altruistic. But <laughs> <laughs> but I believe in it, Dara. I believe in it 100%. We, we, we got to go forward with this. Exactly. Um Tell me more about Jahan. So, so walk me through, let's talk business a bit. You know, how is Jahan a, a business and what is it going to do to, um, you know, to, to make money? Money, because you gotta, kind of have to think about that, right? Of course, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's always that altruism versus money debate. Yes, and we shall have that. Don't <laughs> yes. worry. Hit, hit one quick nudge nudge, you know. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, uh, yeah, so that's a really good question. And uh, I, I, first, I, I got to stress that Jahan was a, it was a, like a 3D web framework and platform. It wasn't just specifically for arts and education. And my thing was, oh, we're just going to do analytics and ads. <laughs> Very naively. And then I flew to New York for some meetings and with investors and with people at some, at some top companies. And they were like, Dara, this is great. This is amazing. And they're like, 
but who the hell's going to join this? <laughs> like, and I, I was, I was depressed. And then I was, uh, I told this to you before I was sitting in the toilet one day at, at the hotel in New York. And I'm like, hmm. cause I was underselling. Cause, um, I'll say just now we got a, we got a contract with the French government to make the Louvre in virtuality. And I'm just sitting in the toilet. Like, hey, wait a minute. Why don't I take advantage of that more? Yeah. And then I, I told my cousin who's helped me a lot with John. Uh, she's the, uh, she's the, uh, what, what would you call it? Like CMO chief marketing officer. Like she's like the business strategist. Um, mm-hmm. She's amazing. And I, we, we were like, we both had this revelation in, in separate bathrooms. Uh, I was in the <laughs> lobby bathroom. She was taking a shower. And I'm like, I'm like, Sonos, like that's her name. Sonos, what if we made it a museum and art platform? And she's like, yeah. And I'm like, and I told her more of like future strategies. Like, yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, you know, we know people in like, place X and place Y for art auctions and do this. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> and then like, and then it just like kind of spiraled there. And cause like we're for the French government, we're already getting money. We're getting grant money. And for other institutions, I can't talk about yet, mm-hmm. but we are going to get a, a much, much more significant amount of money than what the French government can even possibly provide us. Wow. And it's going to be to the point where we might not even need an investment round. Wow. And in terms of other, because uh, it turns out there's a lot of money in the art industry. Wow! Tell, yeah. tell me what 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 are we working with? What's when you say there's a lot of money in the art industry? So like so money just so there was your your obvious museums and, mm. art, and 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 cultural art galleries that there's lots of grants like the French and the U S governments provide lots of grant money. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they, you know, for example, Burning Man is a lot of, uh, it's a weird example, but Burning Man is a lot of cultural art grants that are given by the state and federal governments mm-hmm. and even city just for some places like SF or something that like they'll give it and be like, okay, you can do whatever you want, go nuts. Mm-hmm. And it's slowly coming into technology as well. Um, some countries and some governments have so much money that I don't know what to do with it. So they're like, you know, make it rain, do whatever. Um, wow. <laughs> uh, and then this, and then also another part of it, which is a, one of our future strategies are art auctions. Mm-hmm. Uh, for example, like there are some art auctions that casually go for a couple million dollars for certain artworks. And even if we shave off, even if we take like 1% of that, mm-hmm. we will still make a ton of money and our overhead will be much lower. Uh, and it would negotiate with a couple of art, uh, art auctions big art, art auction companies uh, to do that uh, with various success. Uh, but uh, that's a long, that's a future thing. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, art, you know, art, when you look at the art world, you see how much money is thrown, is thrown back and forth. You're like, how? Yeah. Yeah. Like there was this one painting that was just sold for like a hundred million or 140. It was, I had to look it up, but it was. Who buys this? Why do you buy? What, what is, how? I can't even wrap my mind around it's it. It's art. It's art. What does that mean? <laughs> what does that even mean? <laughs> Isn't that what we're supposed to think of when we think of art? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you um, got me there. <laughs> um, but yeah, so like, there. Uh, actually, originally, my, my first start when I moved to the Bay Area, Silicon Valley, was actually Shazam for Art, mm-hmm. where you scanned a painting and it would tell you the name and artist and it would recommend what artwork you would like and what artists you would like. Wow. And I actually completed like 90% of the code and I was going to release it. And then I did the hackathon, and then I and then I built the prototype of Jahan, and I won it. And actually, the trophy's right there. Oh, um, congrats! Thank you. Yeah, somehow I won that and got some money off it. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, at first, like they had it, it was funny because like at first they were giving away a DK2 because the DK2 was just about to be released. Yeah, as a prize back in June 2014. I'm like, oh, I really want that, mm-hmm. and I'm like, and then I didn't win it. I'm like, oh. <laughs> and then I won the money, and I'm like, well, I could buy 10 DK2s now. That so that worked out. Yeah, it worked out really well. Uh, okay, so I have a question. What is, so So essentially you're going to different museums, and you have these special cameras um, and special equipment, and you're scanning 
the whole museum itself or just the art pieces? So we're scanning the whole museum. A lot of museums already <clears throat> scanned their artwork. Mm-hmm. Online Google's done a really big uh, effort with that called Google Art Project, mm-hmm. uh, where they've scanned it and the museums and, uh, and institutions own it, the property. So most big museums already have it scanned, but the insides they don't have not scanned it. Mm-hmm. And this is where we come in and we scan, we have this laser scanner um, that's really precise. It scans up to a quarter of a mile away. Wow. And yeah, it, it does it really well. And we just stitch it together and, you know, brush it and enhance it and whatever buzzwords. And then we, <laughs> and then we like, yeah. And then we just make it interactive. We want to enhance it more. I mean, mm-hmm. because when you think of like, okay, you can walk around a museum, but then what, then what? And, and like, for example, I was in Stanford a couple of weeks ago and I, they showed me one of their projects. Um, I think I can talk about it, but, uh, yeah, we can talk off off, off chat, and it's really cool what they're doing. And, wow. and they were actually uh, they actually were like, oh, you know, what you're doing is amazing, and you know, incorporate that to make museums 2.0, I guess you could call it uh-huh. 3.0, to make it because like people go, oh, why would I want to go in virtual reality for a museum instead of like in real life? Mm-hmm. And like, that's a good question, and a lot of times you can enhance it, bring context, and I keep saying context, but like bring a lot of something like 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 why do we go on the internet if there's libraries right. and it's, it's accessibility and ease and provides so much more information. Yeah. Uh, no, I walk in, I walk into a, a regular museum these days and the, they'll have maybe, maybe sometimes they'll have like a, a paragraph on mm-hmm. the artwork or something. Yeah. Um, some don't even have any of that. Yeah. Um, and so you're left to just sort of, uh, yeah. I mean, there could be a, a positive to being in that moment, just being uh, just being absorbed by that particular piece of art. But at the same time, it'd be nice if it could pull up a YouTube clip of how that art piece, yeah, or the, got to you know came to being or something or Wikipedia references, stuff like that. that yeah, would be I, I agree completely. Uh, yeah, like imagine kind of like an interconnected uh, like web of things yeah. that. Let me ask you this. So which, sure. uh, when you pitch your startup to people, what are the questions you get the most from? How the hell are you going to make money? <laughs> <laughs> That's like the first one. Okay, okay. And, um, and I forgot to mention that like audio tours we're going to offer like, so for the French government, for the Louvre, uh, we're going to offer it. They really wanted to, uh, they really wanted to, people to pay to access the Louvre. And I said, well, no, it's going to be our first product. We're not able to, to access it. And so it's going to be free to access, but for audio tours, you can pay. Okay. And so we get a percentage of that. And so for our, like for other institutions where it talks with a couple of them, like we can pay for like a package, like, okay. like access five museums and college institutions for like $5. Wow. And then that, you know, it's an in-app purchase or whatever. So, uh, so I'll launch the Jahan app, right? Mm-hmm. In my Vive or Rift or Gear or VR. Or iPad. Or, or even iPad, or your right? browser. Um, and, but I want to experience it in VR, so you got to walk me there. So, yeah. that, so it, let's say I, I, I launched the app and what, what should I, what will I see? Will I, will I see experience the Louvre, um, experience the Legion of Honor, experience, um, the MoMA and, and then what you, you, each individual one has its own sort of, um, fees for example. So, so yeah, so yeah, more or less okay. like the, we, we have a competitor called Wolfbert and they want to do the same thing except with education for mm-hmm. kids and they want to make it a subscription model like, like Netflix. And I'm very hesitant to do that because 
if it, like why would like it, it's um like i don't want to name like names of other video companies that have stupid subscription strategies but i'm like who's gonna pay that netflix like it's all about value and like netflix is ten dollars a month where you get hundreds of hours of content they release original content and, and yeah it, but like museums can only last so long like you no one's gonna pay ten dollars a month for hmm. unlimited museum access. Um, and hmm. we're gonna like we we're I'm very hesitant because like I want to say oh we're also gonna have ads and and analytics and other buzzwords, but it's like you don't want to have ads in your museums. Like you don't want yeah to, that would be just a, a disaster, and I don't want that. And if that ever happens, then I would just I would like damn it. Yeah. Like, <laughs> um, but like uh, but I think there is I think there is like. I don't think it has to be an extreme. I think there is a way to pull it off. Mm-hmm. And I think, I hate to sound like an economist, but I think the markets will set itself up, will set itself right eventually. VR is so new that we're going to figure it out as it goes. Uh, Mark Twain has a really good quote. History doesn't repeat itself, it rhymes. And I think we see the current app market and the previous dot-com boom and bust. And I think we could learn from that and see what we can build from there. What lessons do you think we've learned from that then? Oh, we haven't learned shit. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, wait, what are you so, about? so going forward, I mean, what what have we? What are what have you learned that you're going to do differently, or that you're? I okay. So what what I want to do differently is I don't want to be very reliant on on ads, mm-hmm. like banner ads. I want it to be sustainable. So I don't want it to be no profit for five years and then eventually we'll have the possibility of making profit like some companies out there. That's a very Silicon Valley approach. Get the users, then you'll get the profit later. Mm -hmm. Uh, I want us to be sustainable and I also want want it to branch out and do crazy things like, like the Google approach that... You know, like, you know, like I have a lot of very, I've got these big ideas. I tell people, like, Dara, you're crazy. Like, how are you going to do it? I'm like, well, first I'm going to build this and then I would get money and revenue. And then I'm going to build these crazy ideas that I hope that will push VR and AR forward. Museum tours is not crazy at all, by the way. It's, it makes uh, a lot of sense. A lot of sense. Yeah. And then when I get to some deeper ideas, you can be like, what the fuck are you thinking? <laughs> well, we're going to get there. We're going to get there. Just holy crap, man. Uh, okay. So actually, let, let's skip right to the deeper ideas. What are some of these deeper, crazier, crazier ideas that you have? Okay. Uh, one is eventually the 3D web. So, okay. so I guess I'm spoiling some of my long-term plans. But eventually, what I want to I release the platform in like the Louvre or the pyramids or and, you know, some others. And then I'm like, oh, okay. You know, and then we're going to add more and more. And then people are going to engage and, and interact. And people go, oh, I want to build this. And I go, you know what? Good point. Let's give you the tools. So we're going to give them the tools, release the tools to build your own like art galleries or even websites it's all designed for web vr and access over the web mm. and uh like for example you could do like amazon's a shopping mall or wikipedia as a museum or a cinema youtube as a cinema and you get to build it and i actually i built the framework to actually allow that to drag and drop and then eventually i want to branch out to do more like vr like a way to keep the VR headset on you at all times instead of simply taking it off and like, oh, okay, I want to double click and install an app to, up, to open an app. I want to do something where you immerse yourself all the time and then I want to branch it to more augmented reality so you can actually walk around once AR is actually usable and kind of fashionable and look, don't you look like an idiot or a creeper. Uh, <laughs> you actually get to walk around and, and interact with it. Um, when will that be? Like if you, if you had a, if you had to throw a year out there, when do you think AR will be? 2020. I 2020. Think. I think, I think it's going to take a while. Yeah. Microsoft realized that. I think the part Google realized that I think very, very quickly. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a really good article about uh, the history of Google glass from the, from people that work in Google glass team. And I actually talked with some uh, off the record and they were like, Oh yeah. They told me about a bunch 
bunch of problems like they were easily a couple of years early yeah and there was some scandal in there and, and they're they're making they're now making version two of glass i know that for sure yeah and and but they were more enterprise and they're secretly doing with some companies uh magic leap of course yeah uh who wherever whatever they're doing yeah uh i've heard interesting things I've heard so have i yes <laughs> uh they just raised another 800 million dollars yep and I'm like, okay, it's better. Like, it, they're like, set, they, they're either going to make the best thing ever that's going to revolutionize everything or anything less is going to collapse. It's going to fail. Yeah. There's no way you can take 1.3 billion. It's a lot of money. Yeah. Uh, without something like, apparently they were still in the R&D phase when they took that half billion too. So what do you do with $800 million? What if, if I'm magically, if let, let's say you're mad, you're the, 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 the head honcho at magically right now. What, what do you do with that money? If you were them, good question. Um, <laughs> if I wanted to build an amazing augmented reality experience, I would do a lot of R and D and try to just build fast, just build much more, as much as possible. Mm-hmm. And then, um, I mean, Google directly invested to get advice from Google. Could build to a Google Glass, and they have other AR projects. Uh, mm-hmm. Collaborate with say Stanford; they're doing a lot of AR projects. Uh, just try to Microsoft with Hololens. Just try to build it as efficiently as possible. And don't try to build the hype up too much, I think. I, I think, for me, I would want it to be more more like down-to-earth instead of like, oh, here's a CGI of like build it, of like walls being broken down and robots fighting you and, and I don't know what. Uh, it, it's, um, there's a, there, there seems to be a stark contrast um, between the HoloLens and what it can do and what people are seeing um, at trade shows and stuff. What, yeah. What's... And and what Magic Leap is hyping to say it, it you know it could do right, right. and that uh, that disconnect or that contrast is um, giving me a lot of mixed signals for the future of AR right yeah me too I, I completely agree uh, you know Microsoft even advertises like oh you know have this big Minecraft field in front of you mm-hmm. and you can do that and in reality it's like this small like rectangle. Yeah, and like I've had a friend who tried it at a trade show and he was like yeah it was just bullshit like, wow. well he didn't say it was bullshit he was like the hype is bullshit right. like, there's some like good things about it but he was like like it's definitely way overhyped yeah. and well, magically I've, I've read online that people some people who tried it like uh, the MIT review I think was like, they're like it's amazing and I, I think it's good to keep our expectations low because then you know under promise over deliver yeah because uh, you always you're almost always set up to fail yeah um, there's there's been very very rare exceptions where you it did deliver the hype has been delivered mm-hmm. I remember as a kid like I learned the hard way of Halo 2 like I'm like oh Halo 2 I got an Xbox just for it and got it on launch day and I'm like Man, this sucks. Why? Why did Halo 2 suck? Did you play the single player campaign? It literally ends like mid cutscene. <laughs> but the but the soundtrack. The soundtrack, Dara, isn't it? It wasn't it a good soundtrack? Yeah, it was a great soundtrack. <laughs> it's a good soundtrack. But that hype was just like it was. It was big. It was, it was big. big. It was. It was a lot of hype actually. And then I remember reading <laughs> afterwards, like like half the content for Halo Three was original for Halo Two. And really? Yeah, they wanted to end the Halo saga. They wanted like the whole invasion of Earth was supposed to end in Halo Two. Like oh yeah, like the whole like Master Chief like infringing like, fight that wasn't that was supposed to be like halfway through the game. Yeah. Uh, and then, like, they, they, like, I was this really good article from, like, from ex-Bundy employees that were like, yeah, like, we built this whole thing, and they had to scale down and down and down and down and down and down, <sighs> to the point where, like, it was barely, like, anything yeah. they resembled. Like, the, do you remember the original, like, E3 demo they showed of, like, they showed, like, the dual wielding, and, like, it was, it was, like, one of the levels. Okay. It was, like, the very first thing they showed. Uh-huh. It, uh, but it turns out none of that was playable. No, no, it was playable, but 
if you if you went if you strive from the path, it would crash immediately. Really? Yeah, it wasn't even like it was barely. It was like a tech demo, if anything. It wasn't like the actual game. So was that an example of uh, of the business team getting too uh, meddling too much with the developers and 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 then and then the marketing team making up for the making up for the fact that they. You know, it was a subpar to some people. I mean, I don't blame them. My, Halo was the killer app for Xbox. If it wasn't for Halo, yeah. Xbox would have, like, been nothing. Yeah. And you're having the sequel to one of the most critically acclaimed games of all time. Yeah. You're going to hype that up a lot. Because you're going to get so many first day sales. Yeah. That it's just going to be like, yeah. All you needed to say for Halo 2 was Xbox Live multiplayer. Yeah. Drop the mic. That's it, like, because that that's all you needed, and mm. it worked because multiplayer was good, and and yeah, but like I like that's, that's my hesitation with the new Star Wars movie. Like, there's so much hype going into it, and I, I told my girlfriend, I'm like, yeah, I, I'm getting kind of tired of Star Wars now. I kind of not want to go to the cinema opening weekend and watch it. What are you being a contrarian here? What's going on here, Dara? What? <laughs> I'll go. I'll go. I'm, I'm gonna go watch it, but I think, but to me, it's a, it's just I don't want to go to. Those with the crowds. I'm going to wait like two, three weeks. I'm thinking the same thing. Um, really, I don't give a fuck if it gets spoiled. Uh, it's just, it's just a movie after all. It is Uh, just a movie. It's the hype is so much like Google's marketing it now. Yeah. It's like the Cal, Cal Academy of Sciences had like a Star Wars night last week. And yeah, I'm like, Wow. But hold on. But remember, this is this is a this is George Lucas town too. Remember, he the, yeah. uh, ILM is over here, and mm-hmm. Lucas Arts is over around here. It's um. So there's so there's so there's reason why there's hype in our geographic location specifically. No, true. I agree. But like, there's only so much hype you can take until like yeah. And like, like okay, look like, like I don't want to diss J.J. Abrams, but look at all the films J.J. Abrams has made. Like, it's mostly like lens flare. And, motion blur and and it's like I'm hesitant like Star Wars is going to come to that and I'm like did he make um, Cloverfield? He, no he, he produced Cloverfield he produced Cloverfield I no matter how much people shit on Cloverfield I actually enjoyed it it was a good movie yeah it wasn't bad yeah um, and, and going back to Xbox and Master Chief um, the, the Halo series you're right Halo was the Mario for Xbox and I wasn't very I wasn't I wasn't much of a fan for Xbox but I did have a boner for the Master Chief. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I was watching a YouTube video with Jesse Shell from Shell Games mm-hmm. where he like has these 40 predictions for VR in the near future. And one of them is, um, he's, one of them, and I think it's it might be correct, where we might see Microsoft VR in like 2018 or something like that. I wouldn't be surprised. Because, you know, the moment Sony sells 10 million VR headsets, mm-hmm. like... Microsoft, what are you doing? You know? Yeah. Um, no, I mean... It makes all, a lot of sense. Yeah, and is, isn't the Oculus Rift supposedly supposed to work with the Xbox One? Duh. But they have... With caveats, right? Like, yeah, I mean, they're, they're the asterisk conditions, <laughs> but that's what they said. Um, I think that's... I mean, yeah, Microsoft's a big investor in Facebook. That's why, you know, the Xbox One controller comes with the Oculus Rift. Mm-hmm. Like, I think we're going to see some collaboration between Oculus and Microsoft even more. Wow. Do you do you think that just like with Samsung partner with the Oculus, you think Microsoft would partner with the Oculus to make console rift? Or no? I don't know. I, don't I know want either. I'm hesitant to say maybe. Yeah. But I I doubt it'd be successful. 
Uh, I think maybe the next generation Xbox, mm-hmm. or Xbox 720 or X- Xbox One, Two, or Xbox Two. I don't know. Uh, the next generation Xbox that's going to come with Rift support, I think, because yeah. uh, the hardware should, in theory, become VR compatible. Do you think consoles are going to be going to going to be around? I mean, Definitely. for sure, for sure, yeah. yeah. And it, they're going to. It's naive to think, you know, the PC master race topic, like, oh, everyone should just get a PC, you know, you yeah. customize. I think it's naive. I think yeah. most people want to have the ease of just plugging it in, putting in a disc or downloading it, and just works. Um, and yeah, I don't I blame agree. them. Like, I, and consoles will stay. It's, yeah, yeah, it's a much cheaper price point for most people. It's easy and accessibility. Hmm. It's not going to go away. Another thing that uh, Jesse was saying, I, ne- I need to have on the podcast eventually. He, uh, he was like, yeah, VR is here to stay. Mm-hmm. Um, and what are your thoughts on that statement? Like, do you think VR is here to stay? Um, and at what scale? What's What do you think is a... I hope so. Uh, <laughs> okay. uh, I'm a little biased, but I hope so. Yeah. Uh, uh, th- those two drawers over there are just full of VR headsets. Really? <laughs> yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. Uh, it's just full of shit. Uh, <laughs> um, no, no, not, not good shit. But I, I, like your VR from Oculus Connect, it's still not opened yet. Like, <laughs> it's just in there. Um, and I'm like, maybe I should have an S6 finally. And I'm like, wait, the S7 is coming out. Uh-huh. Maybe that, maybe I could put the S7 in there. And I'm like, no, probably not. Samsung. Uh, <laughs> Samsung. It's not really compatible. But like... Uh, VR is here to stay. I think so, but it needs to be more mass. Like it needs to be more appealing to everybody, mm-hmm. not just for PC master race. Uh, like for iPhone and smartphones, it was we wanted to appeal to everybody. At the price point, became cheap enough and more accessible. Then people went on. People didn't get the iPhone. There was no really killer app at first. I mean, we had a couple of WhatsApp and shit, but it wasn't like more accessible until. The App Store came out, and there was many, you know, it was easier to develop, and the price was much lower, and of course, we had competition with Android, and and then it exploded, and I think it's going to take some years. I don't think it's going to become so successful th- in 2016. I think we're going to see consoles, Sony, PlayStation VR, I think that's going to be relatively successful. Yeah. I think it's going to sell a couple hundred thousand, maybe under a million maybe, but I don't think it's going to be the biggest, like, second coming of, like, tidal wave of... Of of like new way, uh, new technology. Like it's gonna be the what's stopping it from becoming this tidal wave in your in your opinion? The price point, price and point? the content. Yes, yeah. you know it costs to build a PC that can run the Rift. It's gonna be one thousand two hundred dollars right now, mm-hmm. and yeah, you can buy it for under a thousand, but no one's gonna buy a thousand dollar PC just for an Oculus Rift. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where I think the PlayStation VR I think is easily the most accessible accessible. Three hundred dollar uh, PlayStation Four, three hundred four hundred dollar PlayStation VR. Mm. That's it, and and it lasts you for the entire generation in theory. Whereas Oculus Rift, they, they already said they're working on Generation Two of the Rift, and maybe that requires more spec, like higher PC specifications, and and that's where I see Gear VR and and well, more cardboard than Gear VR, but I, that's where I see them being more successful. I think we're gonna have different niches. We're gonna have mobile VR being X, Y, and Z, and then we're gonna have desktop VR being whatever, something else, more other things, more hardcore gamers. We're gonna see console VR being more like games, and yeah, that's. I think it's gonna be different tiers. Like right now, we see mobile phones. We do some things on mobile phones that we don't do on computers, and we do some things on computers that we don't do on mobile phones. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's gonna be the same in VR. Yeah. Um, I yeah, I think like three sixty video is gonna be big on mobile phones for now, mm-hmm. and films and. Just, like on and off experiences like the last few minutes and I think more hardcore things are going to be on um, desktop 
like PC masters, gamers, uh, and, and Gear VR. Gear VR. What do you uh, mean? You're the more advanced version of, of cardboard, I presume. Right. Um, but there is, and here's the thing: there, I, LG has. It's not a rumor. I mean, they are working on a Gear VR competitor. Oh, yeah. Or maybe it is. Maybe maybe I shouldn't have said that. But they are, and um, it's gonna. Sh- they're gonna show up at CES with it, and we're gonna see. And, and, and honestly, it's Panasonic hasn't has. I know they're gonna work. They're working on something too. Sony was talking about working on something. So what is the value of creating something that is more higher end than Google Cardboard then for VR? More. What's the incentive for more yeah. higher end? Yeah. Uh, better quality. Right. Um, that's really what it comes down to. And mobile phone manufacturers, like 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 processor manufacturers like Qualcomm, for example, they are designing the next generation of Snapdragon uh, processor chips to be more to have a better GPU and more designed for VR. You know what else? You know, I think um, the other thing that is the other thing is that is an app store. I think, mm-hmm. I think everybody's chasing after the, an app store because these stores, marketplaces are cash cows. Oh, yeah. And so, and so my thinking is, yeah, Google, Google and Cardboard have their, you know, have Google Play, right? Um, but you can't play those beca- on Gear VR, so you have to use our Gear VR store or, uh, or our own LG store or something like that, mm-hmm. I think. I think I think that's the play in the long run that they're trying to play, do you think? I, I, that's the play, but I think it's going to fail. Yeah, uh, I'll be honest. Because, like, for, okay, for example, Samsung tried to release a Samsung App Store for Samsung phones. Mm-hmm. It failed miserably. How long ago was this? This was back in the Galaxy S4 era. Okay. Because Samsung was top. They sold more phones than Apple. Even they were the kings, and and then they said, "Oh, we're gonna have like Samsung App Store, Samsung App, Health App, Samsung Play Store, Game Store, Samsung Everything, mm-hmm. uh, Samsung Pay." Well, they have that now, but they tried to do it back then too. And then mm-hmm. they were like, "But it failed because." Uh, well, many reasons, but I think they're just they're, they're biting more they can chew. And I think for most people, ironically, not ironically, but funny enough, I think the App Store, like once Apple goes into the mix and say we're gonna have a VR App Store for Apple VR, whatever the hell it's called, I think that's gonna be the truth. Like everything else will just be crushed. Yeah, because I think it's more brand. I think it's a mix of brand loyalty and trusting what you got. Like for example, with Steam Valve built for years and years and years to make Steam an actual store platform. Like, it took them so long. I remember back in 2003, 2004, when Half-Life 2 came out, I remember I got Steam just for Half-Life 2, and it sucked. Steam sucked? It sucked so bad. Uh-huh. I hated using Steam. <laughs> it was so awful. And this was, broadband wasn't that big back then. You gotta mm-hmm. understand. Like, I had DSL, and we had DSL. Uh, and it took years. It took those famous Steam sales... For them to truly become a platform. And now look at like EA's Origin or Ubisoft's Uplay. They're trying to become a platform too. Mm-hmm. But they're they're not as successful because because Steam has the market. Or, and GOG, uh, they're trying to do a DRM, DRM free store. Uh, and that's having a lot of success because they're having a lot of sales. And it's going to be an uphill battle, I think. Yeah. Oh, uh, oh. Go ahead, go ahead. No, um, I, I, I don't know. I think it's I think it's very naive for people to say, I'm just going to make an app store. Like, <laughs> uh, and there are definitely some startups that are trying to say, trying to build an app store. And I think the best case scenario, well, the best case scenario is they become the de facto app store. But I think the more likely scenario is they're going to get acquired by Google or Apple or even Samsung or Oculus or 
or I don't know, or, or whomever. And I think that's going to be more likely. Mm-hmm. And then they just build on top of that. I don't think anyone's going to become the app store. I think it's very naive to think that. Yeah. Even Facebook tried to make their own app store, and that did not work out so well. And it's, it's very hard to penetrate that. Mm-hmm. But once you penetrate that, it, you, you'll get the cash. I mean, you'll just break it in. But yeah. it's for every like one app store that's been successful, we have like a thousand failures. So, but 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 Oculus and Facebook, they want to make their own app store. Yeah, I mean, they're not they're not gonna use Steam to sell you know their their own VR software, right? So, so what so what is so do you think that they have a chance here at, at creating something that will rival Steam at all? I don't know. Uh, it's way too early to tell. Uh, a part of me says maybe, uh, uh, but then they've said to themselves that they're not going to have like the the Rift is not exclusively on the Oculus platform. Like you can mm-hmm. use the like Steam games on the Rift. Mm-hmm. You could buy Steam games and download it. Um, and that's what I think is a big problem uh, with PC gaming. Like we have Steam, but then for VR, we have to download these apps and a lot of times you have to go on Oculus Share. There's no like centralized program where you can download it a la App Store. And I think that's a big problem. Is it really? Do you think, I mean, but wouldn't have something centralized also hinder um, freedom of expression because, you know, they would have some sort of censor board or something like that? Sure, that's that's a criticism of Apple. Right. Um, Like, I, I think it's all about finding content and I discover content every day that has been existing for like maybe a year or two for the Rift that I didn't know about because mm-hmm. it wasn't the Oculus. It was not on the Oculus Share Store. And the Oculus Share Store right now on the web is shitty. Uh, <laughs> it, it really is. Um, and you know, like I'll look at like Reddit. I'm like, oh yeah, this is okay. And then I'll download it. And funny enough, like, the best way of me discovering VR apps is yeah. Reddit. Are Oculus Facebook. or which one? Which? Uh, Oculus mostly. I, I don't like actually going into the comments because it's a cesspool. <laughs> really? Of, uh, uh, a very interesting. I, I find it va- I find it valuable to gauge the hive mind once in a while. Um, I I'm a total I'm a I'm um I'm I'm weird. You know I'm, I I lurk. We all yeah, we all are. <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm weird. I lurk through the hive mind to gauge what what they think. So so and, and and I'm like, all right. So the hive mind thinks this much about this, um, and it's sort of my it's sort of it's sort of like you know. Do you ever use a Reddit hive mind or other hive minds to like? Give you a uh, counter position to whatever thesis you might have, or something. Sure, there's okay. a really good subreddit called Change My View. Oh yeah, yeah, and you could actually say like, you know, like I don't know. I think the like, let me see an example without without like being too controversial. Like, say whatever you want, man. No, but I want to say something that. Okay, hold on. Uh, <laughs> okay, no, I don't want to say that. Um, <laughs> I'm thinking of one. I'll tell you off the mic. Okay, okay, okay. Then I actually posted on there. It was a really interesting topic. Really? Uh, what did you, so can you tell me the one you posted or is that one off the mic? I will say... It, no, I don't want to say it. Okay, uh, okay, okay. Not on the mic. Okay. Uh, but, okay, there's one of like, I think abortions are are immoral, change uh, my view. Or I think uh, Donald Trump has a lot of valid points, change my view. Uh, or I think immigration's bad. Stuff like that. Okay. And then people will post counter arguments. And you're, if, you, if you have someone change your view, then you, know, you can give them like a delta... Uh, look, Delta thing, which is like an upvote. Like, oh, you changed my view. He has like a star. Oh, okay. Good job. And and like, or there's one really good one of like, I think the U.S. should pull out of all military bases around the world. Change my view. Mm-hmm. And that was a really good one because people are like, oh, you know, super blah blah, blah superpowers, imbalance of homogeneity, all that. Mm-hmm. And that's a long topic. Um, 
But yeah, I think it's really interesting, and uh, I'll share that to you in a bit. Holy crap! There's a subreddit for everything. Yeah, that's amazing. Uh, one of my favorite subreddits is Ask Historians. Really? Yeah, it's it's. I love history. All right, name your three top three subreddits. So, Ask Historians. Ask Historians. Uh huh. I not changed my view. I don't go on it so much anymore. Okay. Uh, probably Android subreddit. Yeah. Uh, why? Why? Why the Android subreddit? What's going on? I don't know. It's it has it's 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 about Android, but it's a lot of general tech news as well. Okay. Uh, How's the community in there? Hive mindish. Not as bad as Oculus, okay. but uh, and I guess the games subreddit. Our uh, games? No, no, just games. Okay. Um, R R slash R games. Okay. Uh, no, sorry, slash R slash games, and it's like it's it tries to make discussions about video games, like actual like debates and discussions and such. Okay. And analysis, and it's good. Wow. Uh, uh, yeah. Oh, that's that's cool. That's right up my alley, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's interesting. Uh, Any good discussions that stand that stand to mind right now that you? Uh, there's into? been a couple about VR that have been really interesting. What did you discover? What are, what are they saying? Most people go, it's cool, but in most cases, caters a PC master race. Uh, and then you look at Oculus and uh, Oculus are like, oh yeah, this is very PC master race logic. Really? <laughs> yeah, um, and it's a lot more down to earth, I think. Uh, funny enough, with, with the Ask Historians and games, it's much more strictly modded. Mm-hmm. The mods are much more strict. For okay. Ask Historians, you cannot a- cannot answer a one question. For like a question, you cannot just answer in one sentence. You actually have to provide like a couple sentences and have evidence to back it up. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, they'll delete your comment. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. All right, so since you shared three of your favorites, I'll yeah, share three of definitely. mine. So my top three are R Futuro- Futurology, okay. um, R True Reddit, and R Documentaries. Ooh, Documentaries is a good one. Dude, I love I love uh, browsing through and checking out all the documentaries that people are upvoting. There's some really, I've discovered some really good ones through that, for sure. Me too, yeah. Um, what, are, what, what are the parts of the internet that you wander through besides Reddit? <laughs> Uh, how you know your typical dark web and your deep web? <laughs> yep. Um, I, I do a bit of. I mean, not too much. In the, I mean, there's some. So the internet's a very interesting place. Mm-hmm. You know, it's all. It's so much diversity in there. Yeah. Um, you know. Oh, there's a really good subreddit called Deep into YouTube. Yeah. Where you discover like people like post like really like obscure YouTube videos <laughs> that have like no views, but you're like, what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> That would be hilarious. All of a sudden, it's just this person who's you know posting pictures of how they put stamps on an envelope. Yeah, gets you know thousands of views out of nowhere. Exactly. Yeah, oh, that's cool. <laughs> yeah, and it's it's really fascinating. Um, you know, I go on IRC channel sometimes. Mm-hmm. I used to be big into the whole gray market industry. Uh, what is gray market? Gray market. Uh, sorry, not yeah, gray market. It's I don't know what's a good term for it. Okay. Uh, not anonymous. I wasn't into anonymous that much, but. Kind of like the gray market is like it's not black market where it's all illegal. It's not white market where it's totally legal and legit like corporations. But it's more like iffy like gray area stuff. <laughs> um, when I was when I was younger, um, there's a really good show I, I really want you to watch called Mr. Robot. Okay, it's on my I, list. I, yeah, I kind of want to put it up right now <laughs> after this podcast. <laughs> okay, we, cool. we watch it. It's amazing. And it, you know, it's like the the hacker with the hoodie. You go and you hack into everything. I was like that in high school, like. I, I did some things in high. I think the statute of limitations has gone now. Okay, so say it. I, I hacked the school library database. Whoa. And I hacked into the administrative board. Uh, Whoa. And I put Counter Strike into onto the school servers. Wow. And I set it up so you didn't need to have registry files or install it. So any so like 
thousands of people could play it at the same time. Wow. And it got to the point where the entire school system crashed. <gasps> not, not just my school, but the entire, like, school system, like, many schools crashed. Holy crap. And, like, they, they tried to find me, but I was like, I'm not installing that. Everyone's like, no, you got to install Counter-Strike. I hated Counter-Strike. Yeah. I, I didn't like it. <laughs> so, the, so they were peer pressured into installing Counter-Strike. Yeah, because my friends liked it. I'm like, I don't like Counter-Strike. Fuck it, I'll play it. <laughs> um... <laughs> Like, then I gotta install it again. And I'm like, no, I don't want to be suspended. Because <laughs> they literally set up a board of like, a board of people, of like teachers and faculty in the library. Uh-huh. And if you got, if you got caught, they sent you there and got immediate suspension or immediate, like, the immediate punishment. There was wow. no like, yeah. So they never found out. They narrowed it down to my class, which was a 3D graphics class. <laughs> Uh, and they narrowed it down to my time, but they never expected me, suspected me, because uh, they're like, "Oh, darn, he's such a good kid. He's so innocent. He said, <laughs> he gets like straight A's. What the hell? Like he would never do that." Yeah, uh, they, they knew of like, oh, you know, he got like Cisco network certification, and like, you know, he took like programming classes, and he went to web competi- web development competitions on one of these. No, he could do that though. And it actually was funny because this one time I found the student usernames and passwords for every kid in the school. And I put it on my website, but I was like, it was not like, it was not like, I told it to my friends, quote unquote. And then they tried printing it in the middle of one of their classes. And they're like, where the hell did they get all this? They're like, oh, it's on Dara's website. <gasps> and they're like, but they're like, and then they, they took the paper and then like my friends like, haha, we told on you. And I'm like, God damn it. Why did you do that? That's lame, man. And, but then the teachers were like, Dara would never do that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, Dara is so sweet and innocent. Wow, it pays off to be the square. Huh? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Or to show the, your, like, put that chameleon uh, armor on. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah. yeah. And, like, yeah. And I even got te- recommendations for college, the universities from those same people who, like, like, oh, he has all the passwords. Or, like, oh, like, like the rumors spread about the Counter-Strike thing, the school crash that I caused it. Yeah. But I always denied it. It even got to the point where I'd be walking in the hallways. and be like, oh, Dari, you're the Counter-Strike guy. I'm like, nope. <laughs> and some kids actually try to take the glor- try to take the the fame for it. I'm yeah, like, okay, go ahead. Like, yeah, <laughs> like yeah, I kind of wanted to go after. Like, okay, try doing it again. <laughs> like, um, but yeah, it, it was funny because at one point at the Counter Strike, shortly before the whole school system crashed, our t- t- teachers started playing it. These you, so the teachers started playing Counter Strike, yeah, like and the teachers in our class because it, it was a three D three D modeling general like CGI class and like. All the all the time was pretty much like we would just stand, sit in there on the computers and mm-hmm. and do nothing all day. But I, actually, I was actually working because CGI was cool. I think it's awesome. And and I got to the point where I loaded up Counter Strike and everyone was playing and and everyone was meeting it. But like the like the teacher, like we could see this one player like kind of doing whatever. And then like like we would look at the teacher and then like he would like stand up and leave. And then the guy would not move and we're like. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty obvious it was this guy. Wow, and um yeah, it was funny cuz like so I told you about the library uh like uh defro uh like uh board. I don't know what you call it. Uh like a panel board, whatever. The death row board. Death row board. Um and then like one kid tried actually brought a CD of Counter-Strike mm-hmm. to install it. And then he got caught because he's a dumbass. And you don't actually bring the installation CD. Yeah. It wouldn't work because the school administrative system was, like, restricted. And then he got sent to the library on a three-day suspension on the spot. Whoa. Yeah, so it actually, people actually got suspended. It wasn't, like, a scare tactic. Wow. And, like, yeah. And That's crazy. See, at Counter-Strike, man, during those days, I, I tried it a couple times, and I was just getting owned, man. I was getting owned. 
And I'm like, and people were using the wall hacks and everything. And I'm like, I'm like, God damn it, you guys are cheating. And they're like, then they're like, Dar, no, that's the way you play. I'm like, no, you're fucking shooting through the walls. So like, that is cheating, God damn it. <laughs> that is cheating. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's not fair. No, that's why, that's why I was playing Unreal Tournament. And yeah, that's a great around, around the Counter-Strike days, I was playing Unreal Tournament and Battlefield 2, I think. Yeah. I play I play Battlefield Two a lot. Yeah, and, and Unreal Tournament. Those are great games. Battlefield yeah. Two was amazing, 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 oh, amazing. Man, yeah. uh, but I sucked. Uh, yeah, because I, I I guess I just didn't have the hand eye coordination back then, or maybe I had a shitty mouse. <laughs> One of the two. But um, but I had a lot of, a lot of fun playing Battlefield Two, and then I met my first internet girlfriend on um, on Unreal Tournament. Nice. Yeah, her name was Donna, mm-hmm. and she was from from San Diego, and I never met her like in real in real life. Um, and till this day, I'll never know whether she was a real girl or some dude. <laughs> you should totally look her up on Facebook. <laughs> um, Donna, it's me, remember? I'm the guy who used to use the Redeemer. No, yeah. Like, no, I actually got internet girlfriends as well. And, and yeah, like, we, we never met. And then one day she randomly messaged me a couple of weeks ago on Facebook. Whoa. Yeah. And I'm like, okay. Yeah. And I'm like, and I'm like, you know, it's been like... 10 years since we last talked like why did you message me you know I'm in San Francisco now <laughs> like I was literally in China and India working at the time like between those times like wow. a lot's changed she's like oh you know like her life wasn't that good I'm like oh I'm sorry that's crazy yeah wow. it was interesting well, I'm the only Darwin actor in the world so it's not that hard to find me are you serious there are 7 billion people on the planet there's, there's literally one Darwin actor and you're, and you're the only Darwin actor I've googled actor. a Facebook I've looked up like wow. different registries around the world okay only Darwin actor damn that's a good that is that's pretty good that's also that's also bad if a government's trying to look for you <laughs> eh, that's true that's very true uh, <laughs> but thankfully you're just working on museums and <laughs> exactly yeah no it's interesting uh i got so this is one thing called global entry yeah which is like uh expedited customs and immigration and mm-hmm. airport security mm-hmm. so you don't have to take off your shoes or belt or your jacket or anything laptop mm-hmm. you just walk straight through mm-hmm. and for customs and immigration you just like scan your passport you skip the entire line and well and it's a hundred dollars for five years. It's really good, and I, so I applied. And you do it; they do an FBI background check. And, okay, um, it's worth it, I think. And then I told them, like, oh yeah, you know, I, I traveled to, I, I backpacked through Turkey, and I went to Burma, and and and, and all this. And then I, I listed this countries, every country I've been in the past five years. And then how many I, countries? In, in the past five years, maybe like twenty, but overall in my life, maybe 45. 45. Um, and then, like, when I went to the interview, like, they're like, oh, like, why the fuck did he go to Burma? And I'm like, <laughs> they stressed that for 10 minutes, like, why did he go to Burma? I'm Are like, you serious? The FBI, guy. why the fuck does the FBI well, Homeland Security, it was Homeland Security, okay. um, and which is, guess the FBI, like, why the fuck did he go to Burma? And I'm yeah. like, that's backpacking. Like, yeah. But they're like, where the hell did he go in Turkey? Because a lot of people fly to Turkey because they have very lax visa re- uh, regime, like, mm-hmm. visa-free for most countries, and then they smuggle to Syria or Iraq. Okay. Uh, as, uh, as fighters, um. So they're like, where the hell did you go in mm-hmm. Syria? I mean, sorry, in Turkey, in like Istanbul, the beach, <laughs> Greek ruins. And they're like, why the fuck did you go to Kosovo? Kosovo. Why did you go to Kosovo? It was there. <laughs> <laughs> I love that answer. Um, yeah, I, I was doing a backpacking trip through through the Balkans, like ex-Yugoslavia. And I'm like, I'm never going to have the chance to go to Kosovo. Yeah, I might as well go to Kosovo. Yeah. It was fascinating. I really? loved it. There's a stat. There's a Bill Clinton Boulevard, and Whoa. there's a statue of Bill Clinton. Whoa! Yeah. Whoa, that's insane. And then, like, when you like, I took the bus to Albania, and 
there was like a NATO like memorial. It's literally like a 3D model of the NATO logo, mm-hmm. and they fucking love Americans. Like they're like, oh, America, you liberated Kosovo. Like they're <laughs> few. And in Albania, for some reason, they really like George W. Bush. Really? So there's a George W. Bush Boulevard in coast in the capital of, of Albania. Wow. And like when George W. Bush visited Albania, he got like mobbed. He got like mobbed, and someone stole his watch. Whoa! <laughs> and so like, yeah, someone has George W. Bush's watch now in Albania. I guess, yeah. Wow, wow. Um, yeah, and it was like Bosnia was beautiful. It's it just, the world is a beautiful place, and it's, it's even in the most smallest place, unlikely you'll find beauty in. And that's why I, that's why the company's called Jahan, because it's Persian for the world and the universe. Oh, that's cool. It's, are, are, do your travels influence the way, the, the reason why you're in VR at all? Or, yeah. Or, I mean, for someone that's so, like, worldly and that's gone to so many places, like, why the fuck do you want to be in VR and like put on you know these goggles and be in your room? I mean, you you've seen the like the artist renditions of that that kid you know in his little you know oh, yeah, room yeah. and he's just all the lethargic and just you know staring into this. He might as well be dead, right? Like so, what's help me reconcile those thoughts I think that's very extreme to think it would be in a corner like pissing yourself and dying and starving yourself to death mm-hmm. I think I think VR would be a good compliment I don't I think I think for those who want to stay inside and be antisocial they will find a way to be antisocial and stay inside uh, that VR is not going to change that it's, it's, it's not going to radically change people's mindsets in that lot in that way I think it's going to compliment people I think it's going to want people to go oh I really want to go to like oh like okay for example like Google Street View people when Google Street View came out they're like oh I don't need to go to Taj Mahal I can see it in Google Street View but it's bullshit because like there's the there's the smell there's the hearing like there's so much more to India than just oh, okay Google Street View no it's it's so much more like when I worked there it was like all immersive around you, the smell, the the, the atmosphere, the everything. It's just overwhelming. Uh, the food, you know? And I want VR to to inspire people to go, yeah, like, I'm, wow, holy shit. This is like, this is, you know, the Taj Mahal or the Mona Lisa. Like, I, now I want to really go there to fully experience it. Mm-hmm. And some people just, unfortunately, are not able to travel. Like, mm-hmm. there's either you're just... Either you're disabled or you don't have the resources to go. And it, it's a shame that they won't be, just because of their certain circumstances, they are not able to go. Yet I was so lucky that I was able to go thanks to like scholarship money or work or working overseas as a freelance developer. I just get on my computer for a couple hours a day, a couple hours a week. Sorry, you know, a couple hours a week, couple hours, like a day a month. Like in India, when I worked there, I started a nonprofit in India and Nepal and I was living on $300 a month. For food, transportation, lodging, everything. Wow, that's so cheap. Yeah, and that wasn't even the lowest like thing. I could have gone like five dollars a day, but I gave myself a little luxury. Wow, a little luxury, not too much. Just but, a little. <laughs> uh, so like, I was just like, okay, because I was developing, I was programming since I was twelve, so I know web development. I know web development was the first thing I learned. So I'll go like, I'll be in the beach in Goa, get Wi-Fi, program for like three, four hours, then I get like three hundred bucks, and okay, there you go. Wow. And then I get like more money for it to start switch to fund the nonprofit. Yeah. Uh, on the side. Oh, that was my main job over there. And that's wow. what I do. And uh, that's how I funded my travels. You'd be surprised. That's amazing, dude. Yeah. Do, do you wow, that's that's amazing. Um so many there's so many directions I want to take this conversation in. But one okay, so one direction in is that I'm thinking about is, you know, travel is mind expansion. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it allows you to be in uncomfortable situations. It makes your, I mean, it, it definitely 
kicks up your neuroplasticity somehow, yeah. right? Um, and in that same sense, do you expect VR to have the same sort of mind expanding properties that real world travel does or and where where you know where are the differences and where does it stop you know i hope so yeah uh it's naive it will be nice it's night it will be not very naive for me to say definitely mm -hmm. because we said the same thing over time about like the telegram and then call, uh phones and sorry <clears throat> and television and the internet and that all changed the way or radio and that changed the way we thought but i think we're always going to find that we, we still want to stay in our bubble, our comfort zone. Yeah. And the United States is big about this. Like, uh, you know, like there it's, uh, it's very big in terms of comfort and not wanting to go uh, outside your comfort zone and experimenting and trying new shit. And I think VR will be a big step towards it. I don't think it will be the like final step. Um, I think where if people who, there's a really good intelligence square debate uh, about is the internet narrowing our minds? Because mm -hmm. we see what we only want to see. Mm -hmm. And so that, in a way, that narrows our viewpoint of things. Whereas if you travel, you have to have you have to accept the good and the bad. Yeah. You know, you are going to get scammed. You are going to maybe get robbed. You mm -hmm. will step in shit. Mm -hmm. But then you step in shit and then you see a cow that's half yellow for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> that actually happened to me. I stepped in some shit in India. And I'm like, God damn it. And then I'm like, I see this cow that's half yellow. And I'm like... Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Before I can cross that off the list, yeah, I'm like, okay, uh, yeah, and I, I found out that like in in that one place in India, um, it was near Bangalore. They they fed uh, yellow dye to the cow to the point where it became yellow. Whoa! And the, so the cow was like going, it was like getting the yellow dye out of their system. So that's Whoa. why it was half yellow. Wow! It's kind of like uh, flamingos. Kind of like when they 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 eat this special. I think they eat this special fish or something that makes them pink. Mm -hmm. is, is that the same sort of concept here? Kind of, yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, and it's just like I think with VR and technology yeah. and everything in general, media. Let's say media in general. We only see what we want to see. Yeah. Uh, because like, okay, we got like Financial Times, we have like Economist, and you know, New York Times. We also have like Fox News, and we also have like. MSNBC or like very like two extremes of news and, and we only want to read what we want to read yeah. and I think it's going to be same, it's only the same with the internet we only want to see what we want to see or read what we want to read and I think VR will be the same so and, so that's an issue and that's a problem right because because we live in self-affirmation bubbles currently mm -hmm. and I think they're getting thicker and thicker as time goes on um, and you know what, do, what what so what happens now I mean it, so are the divisions and our, you know, our our, our, our ideological divisions uh -huh. will they become wider, due to, you know, this all of a sudden you can choose whoever in the world to associate with and, and through the H and D and and I mean, I think it's going to be two way. I think we see with the current generation we we see two extremes. We mm -hmm. see funny enough we see one where the the current generation is becoming more accepting and more open and. Um, when it was like more tolerant and more more to experiment, Burning Man is a great example of what the new generation is is showing us. And then we also have the other side of like the extremes; they only want to see what they want to see and hide themselves in. And I think the I think VR and the expansion of the internet will will make that divide. Will make that two sides of our of our gener our new generation. That mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. we're gonna see one side. It's gonna be oh we are want to like, we want to uh, what's it called. You know, I want to travel and explore. And, oh, what's this part of VR? Wow, what's that part? And on the other side, they just 
straight at straight go this go forward that's it yeah and i think we're gonna see that clash in the future uh yeah what is it that we so what is it that pushes people to go out of their comfort zones you know is there a is it a special kind of mind is it is it is it a certain is there a certain set of experiences that lead up to that sort of mentality Mm -hmm. um and and so you know because i i'm still trying to figure out like Honestly, the difference between me and someone who's never traveled mm-hmm. uh, in their whole life and has lived in the same spot all their life um, is there is nil. There's no difference really, except that I've just have this acquisition of experiences that I can. I mean, isn't it, that lends me a different um, that lends me multiple perspectives when I approach problems and and, and I approach subjects and things like that. You know, mm-hmm. and. I don't know if that's and so what do you what what needs to happen really to like pop these bubbles of, of self affirmation because they they they're working for a reason that's the thing like they yeah. they they're they're happening because they make us feel good right mm-hmm. so maybe maybe there's they maybe there's a business here like uh, maybe there's a business where we can sell the novelty of making people uncomfortable somehow right holy shit virtual reality tourism. <laughs> oh my god holy shit okay that's a new startup yeah. <laughs> fuck Jahan that's it now. <laughs> um, that's actually really yeah now that, that, yeah wow that's kind of like a light bulb uh, but really do you think, but, but I think it just make, kind of makes sense right like because we're this is the thing we're all getting we're all being being sort of cooped up and taken care of by our affirmation bubbles um, um, and so yeah this is where I think it's not a gov- you know it's not a government's going to solve this problem it's going to be uh, some form of business that sends a, that sets a trend um and becomes a, a viral sort of thing right where mm-hmm. yeah you yeah. it's funny like it's it's like it's kind of like that restaurant dicks or something where you pay people to treat you badly when they serve you food oh, so yeah, maybe yeah. yeah yeah so there's this restaurant where you like you pay people and the, the servers treat you like shit yeah? and and so that's it's this sort of this novelty and you yeah. can only get this there so I wonder if you could come, if we can, and that's a bad, I hate saying that using this word, but if we can commodify the feeling of expanding people's minds through uncomfortable situations or something like that. Uh-huh. I don't know. I think, so I'll start with my experience and what led me to travel and do all, and set the course of my life. Like I lived in North Carolina. So actually, I'll, I'll, I'll go back a bit even further. Mm-hmm. Uh, our family, I was born and raised in London in the UK. And London's a very international city. It's lots of ethnic groups and all that. And then we moved to North Carolina, this place called Charlotte, uh, and it's the almost the opposite. It's even compared to compared to San Francisco, it's the opposite. It's the buckle of the Bible, but there's over 700 churches there. Billy Graham is is, is based there. Is he based there? But he has a huge he has a huge house presence there. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a freeway named after him in the library and all that. And and it's like within one mile of my radius of my suburb. My home, there was eleven churches. There was nine, but they built two more. Wow. The Boy Scouts had got their own church, and I think the conformity of live doing the same shit every day, nothing changing, everyone in a box, doing their own, just driving to school, driving to work, coming home, eating, sleeping. That's it. I think that drove me crazy, and I wanted to say, well, this, and it actually it made me feel scary because my viewpoint of the world was narrowing. I felt so. Oh, America's the only place in the world. There's nothing shit, other shit out there. And I go, shit, I don't want to have this life. I, um, I want to do something more. Mm-hmm. And at first I wanted to go to South Africa for studying abroad. And the school, the university literally laughed at me. 
They're like, why do you want to go to South Africa? And I'm like, because it's, it's, it's South Africa. It's awesome. It has a really interesting history and culture. And like, it's it's fucking South Africa. <laughs> Who are you to judge? And then like, like, and they're like, they're like, oh, wait, wait, sorry. They don't have a business program. I'm like, shit. And I'm like, okay, Poland. They're like, Poland? Yeah, okay, no one goes to Poland. <laughs> like, you can go. And then I, I saw this one sentence for Hong Kong. And they're like, I'm like, oh, what about Hong Kong? And they're like, Oh yeah, we have a program for Hong Kong because most Americans go to the UK or Europe or Australia. Mm-hmm. They don't go to like China or they don't want to go. To, some go to Japan, but like, yeah, like uh, like it was like very. I wanted to go to the most opposite place possible. Yeah, and that's where Hong Kong fit in. And I'm like, at first, my parents didn't want me to go. My father, he was a my father especially because he was an engineer in Iran mm-hmm. uh, before the revolution in '79, and he was the UN ambassador for like engineering and transportation for Iran. So he he visited many countries, and one of them was China during the Maoist era. Mm-hmm. And so he told me how like everyone had the little red book and everyone dressed the same, and wow. and it was a completely different. Like it was like very much out of like North Korea almost, and wow. nowadays. And I'm like, I'm like, oh, I try to explain. Oh, Hong Kong's different. It's capitalist. It's a different government. It's technical structure. Blah blah blah. And he goes, ah, you know, whatever. You're not gonna go. And I'm like, oh, he's like, he's like, I don't need to go. I'm like, well, he's he's like, I'm not gonna pay. I'm not gonna fund you going. I'm like, well, I'm like, okay, I'm gonna get my own money mm-hmm. and my own scholarships. And he laughed. And like he's like, Haha, yeah, right. <laughs> 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 I like to see you try, and then. It was funny because I, 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 I got scholarships for university before that. Like, they didn't pay a penny out of it. So it was kind of funny. They're like, oh, darn, you're lazy, huh? And, like, I like to see you try. And then I did get enough to, more than enough to go, uh, that paid for two years of me going and traveling every weekend. Wow. And and it got to the point where, like, I'm I like, ha-ha, dad. And my dad's like, my son's going to China. And he hugged me yeah, really hard. Wow. And then, like, he started bragging to all his family and friends. Like, oh, Dar's in Hong Kong. He's doing this. It was kind of <laughs> funny seeing the difference of attitude. Um, yeah. That's I, interesting. I, you, I, I sort of relate to you in a sense where I, I, I graduated college um, and I was starting to settle into a state job that paid me, you know, that paid me to survive. Um, but I was also going to grad school studying international relations. And um, at some point, I started wondering to myself, like, fundamentally, mm-hmm. as a human being, that's 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 where it came down to, like, and I, I wasn't even high when I thought about this, but I was like, what? No, but no. Why am I here? Yeah. What the fuck am I doing here? Yeah. And you put that in the context of, like, the life that, you're leave, that you lead and the, and the, and the world that, that's around you. Mm-hmm. And uh, all of a sudden, a lot of things that seem like it's just the most important thing in your life is, is just mundane. And it doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, like, you know, just you know, people would nail, like, and they keep, would keep trying to tell me, like, CEO, so you got to get a full-time job. You got to get a regular job. You got to go get, you know, get the house, get the picket fence. Yeah. got to save for the 401k. Mm-hmm. And all I can think about is, like, that is, that is, not, that is not the script that I want to write for the book. Of my life, exactly. No, I agree. Um, yeah, and so and so and and that it was influenced by uh, a couple things. One, um, I think I was, you know, traveling to Taiwan. I, I lived a year in Taiwan, nice. um, and that was amazing. So I, I totally, I, I loved your story about living on three hundred bucks. Like I think uh, I paid. Uh, $260 for a whole semester in the dorms in Taiwan. Oh, nice. And that was that was amazing. Like, living that cheap. Um, yeah, same with Hong Kong, actually. It was mad cheap as well. Dude, it put it puts so many things in perspective. Living here in San Francisco, it's fucking crazy here. Yeah. Um, I know, I joke to people, and it's actually kind of unfortunately true, probably. I could probably book a flight overseas, sublet my apartment, and I would probably make a profit doing that. 
<laughs> and still travel around. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, no, and, and I agree completely. I think we're so comfortable with our lives nowadays that it's just becoming mundane. And that's a good thing when you think about the broad scope of history. Right. When you think about not, like us individually, that's not good at all. And I... And funny enough, with technology advances now, it's so cheap to fly overseas. There, like, I found flights for four hundred dollars round trip to Indonesia from SF. I'm like, I almost booked it, but I, I slept on it and it was unavailable. And I'm like, shit. And like, um, and then like, I think, uh, what, what was the question? Well, here's the thing that's motivating this. One of the reasons why I'm motivated to try to carve my own path, and I think this is, it might. Uh, I'd love for you to get your thoughts on this. My thinking is, and this is something that I've acquired over time, learning about VR, the more I learn, the more um, I'm, I'm, I'm figuring out that, holy shit, I think, I think there's something here. You know, one of the reasons why first I really, really got into VR was listening to John Carmack say, um, I think it at an E3 June 2012 saying that it's morally imperative that we create the metaverse. Mm-hmm. And here's this guy that I really looked up to. And, he, 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 and here's a zoo that wouldn't say shit like this, like because he's this engineered sort of engineer mind. You know, yeah. they don't they don't say shit that it's like, like you know that's hype like that. You know, they're not marketers. Yeah. And and for him to say that, that led me off into a journey of figuring out like why would he say that? Why would he say that? Um, I, I I even I think I even asked Palmer once at the um, at the first SVVR, and and he gave me a pretty good response. Um, but but it wasn't the one it wasn't the one that I've honestly it's not it, but his reasoning um, although valid I think um, is sh- overshadowed by the real reason why it's morally imperative that we create the metaverse mm-hmm. and I think that's the AI economy um, I don't if you look at the talks from Jeremy Howard or the one um, humans need not apply by CGP Gray oh, yeah, yeah. holy fuck watch those two in conjunction. Then watch the Jesse Shell uh, 40 predictions for VR yeah. talk, and and you'll start putting and I and I think you'll start putting together my conclusion into this. I think that the AI economy is going to come in, and we're all fucked. I think our socioeconomic structure are fucked because no one's thinking about these questions like what's going to happen when 47 percent of all jobs are you know are taken away when the Uber. Uh, when Uber starts replacing drivers with self-driving yeah. cars, when law, law firms are replacing lawyers, when you know doctors are being replaced, when you know your McDonald's is you know your your servers at a restaurant are replaced by iPads and some some sort of treadmill. They kind of have that in the experimental McDonald's. Dude, I saw it. Yeah, me too. Yeah. So, so everybody, everybody that I can think of, like not even creative jobs, are are sort of on the line here because deep learning is insane it's insane i don't understand it but i've seen what it can do and it's insane um and where the future what the future holds i'm it just seems like this ex- this thing is exponential you know if you read also um nick bostrom's book super intelligences mm-hmm. i mean there there's there's multiple paths here but but honestly the path that i'm more worried about is the ai economy and 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 not the economy ai economy itself but how humans are going to react to it and this is where the metaverse comes in this is where this whole virtual reality artificial reality comes in because we need to create economies um that will sustain the human needs and wants you know because because that's another thing that we have to think about is like we only have so much planet Mm -hmm. and everybody wants everything yeah and now we can do that to them now we can give that to them Mm -hmm. um and we'll have whole universes 
wherein the question of like what are you doing here and why are you here like you'll have you know I like I could keep telling myself like I can spend the rest of my life figuring out what I'm supposed to do here right. and if I had the tool like a metaverse to do it to explore um, and figuring it out through all these experiences I think I think that could be that might be good enough um, to counteract the AI economy now I need to know what you think okay uh, well first off with the AI economy it made me think First off, easily, that the rich are going to get richer. Yeah. Uh, it's going to create more of a divide than ever because they're going to fire all the workers, replace their AI, but the executives are going to make all the money. And that's very disheartening, I think. Uh, yeah, I think that's going to cause a big change and issue. And that's going to cause revolutions. Yeah. Uh, that, what, else, what else will that cause? You know, because, um, you know, yeah. And, and what are they going to use? They're going to use robot armies to fight off those revolutions. <laughs> And so, and so, and so, what are we, the common man, left? Is I think is we need to engineer our own economy, um, where we exchange and add value to each other, outside of the paradigm that's already built for us. But right? what's stopping the the rich that have all the resources to go into themselves and exploiting it? I don't know. I don't know. I gotta I gotta go think about this over the weekend, and I'll get back to you. Yeah. Um, no, it's going to take a while. Maybe this will figure itself out. That's another thing. In theory, if you ask an economist, they would say yes. But in yeah. reality, I think it's going to be very different. I'm not, even, I'm not even talking about socialism. This is like true free market. Like this needs to be a, a true free market, you know, mm-hmm. where it's just, it, it's, it's, but man, yeah. I, but I, that would be, that's very, I would be very cautious of a true free market. Because then you can monopolies will create itself, and eventually mm. they can expand. Like look at Standard Oil, mm. aka Exxon Mobil. Uh, now they control ninety percent of the oil in the United States, and it got to the point where capitalism was, was called crony capitalism because the few people in power controlled so much. And the U.S. government said, "Well, we can't have that." Like yeah. they had to break them up. And my thinking is because in the metaverse will become a swarm mind or it will allow us the ability to have more inform- more information faster than ever. You know, we'll be able to weed out the assholes and the dicks um, from, you know, from, from wrecking shit. But, but who determines that though? I, I don't know. There's gotta be some form of, because if the rich only control the AI economy, can't they set their own rules then? But here's the thing. The AI economy is going to go on. It's going to get out of control, even for the rich eventually. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. I think it's even in their best interest that they invest in the meta, metaverse economy too. Because who can predict what's going to happen with AI in the next 25 years? Mm-hmm. And, you know, they don't know. Yeah. But then when you think about corporations and such, their end goal is profit mm-hmm. and return to investors and shareholders. Uh, that's, I think that's, that's going to be a big issue. Mm-hmm. Like you, you see a few companies like Google or even Facebook to an extent, but in the that are trying to do more humanitarian things. But in the end, it all um, comes down to money, mm-hmm. and that's it's all going to be about this new form. I, I, I call it neo imperialism, and it's a topic in international politics and, mm-hmm. and geopolitics. It, it's it's not going to be. It's a different form of exploiting resources, and it's not going to be just colonial powers anymore. We can still have countries that are still going to do that, but we're all going to see corporations doing it. Yeah. That's going to be a new way of, of colonizing. And um, I'm actually thinking of writing this. I'm actually writing this piece kind of off and on called The Age of Internet Empires. where Or Tech Empires. I don't know what the hell I'm going to call it. Something around that logic, uh, that frame. And where it's these companies that are just take 
gobbling up all the resources, buying companies out, going to different countries, exploiting it, and they say, oh, for example, India, internet.org, or Free Basics by Facebook, I think it's called now, mm -hmm. uh, whatever it's called. And then, um, but this is another talk, because that was my nonprofit before, was giving internet access to different, to, to various villages and low-income areas using resources, uh, like low-cost resources. Uh, and then Facebook comes in and goes, oh, we'll give you internet for free. You just, you just restrict it. And then people, sounds a lot of controversy with that. And uh, when people go, well, it's free, you know, what do you expect? And I think it's that attitude that people are like, you know, it's, it's very annoying. It's free. What do you expect? Mm. You know, uh, but then, but then Facebook restricts access to most websites, except for Facebook, which coincidentally, and, uh, very interestingly, is one of the most heavy usage of internet, heavy usage of internet and bandwidth in the world. Mm -hmm. Yet they are yet they have it, uh, and you can argue it's a conflict of interest because of internet or philanthropy efforts. Mm -hmm. Yet it's Facebook, and I think that's going to be. I think that's the. I think we're in a slippery slope to eventually become where we do see companies becoming very powerful to the point where they they already influence international politics. They will directly say, yeah, they will have more of an impact than we think. Yeah, there's yeah there's. Something, something's gonna give eventually, and it's gonna be either through climate change, when all of a sudden all the two billion people that rely on the water from the Himalayas mm -hmm. and that water either dries out. I don't know if we'll see it in our lifetime, but look how fast California dried up. <laughs> um, and so, I in that that cataclysm would be would change the world forever you know and not even even capitalism wouldn't be ready for something like that two billion people refugees you know climate refugees and yeah. all the drama that that would cause and that's just one part of the world you know we're talking about the whole planet mm -hmm. so i think being in the conjunction it's going to be a conjunction of climate change ai economy um and I, mean, I don't know some super virus that's going to emerge from the synthetic biology startups that are being that are playing with yeast right now I think one big thing is also old versus new. Mm. So, like, okay, look, California is a really good example of this. So, there's a drought in California. California is not designed to be very. It's not designed to have a lot of water. And but one big problem is the water rights in California. So people go, you should conserve your water. You know, turn off your taps and all that. And okay, that's fair. That's a good logic and, and fair enough. More power, but more power to them. Good for you. Have mm. a gold star. But the problem is, consumer consumption of water is only 10 to 15% of water's consumption in California. Mm -hmm. The vast majority, I think about 85% of water consumption, or maybe 65, I don't know, I don't know, but a huge majority of water consumption in California is by farmers. And a lot of it is very archaic laws that say, for I think, I, I have to, I don't want to say for sure, but I think it's something on the lines of, if you do not use the water you are allocated, you will, you're going to give up your right to the water. And like that most of sucks. yeah, there's a really good NPR podcast about it. Talks about it, and like for example, like sprinkling systems in sprinkling systems, ninety percent of the water is evaporated before it even hits the before it even hits the uh, plant or the arid, arid land. Mm -hmm. And this, it's people say, oh, you need to conserve this, but the real problem in California, for instance, are the farmers, yeah, because they're not willing to change. If we're going to the state of emergency, excluded farmers because the farming industry in California is, is very lot, it's very big lobby, and and they you know they have a huge impact. And eventually, so we had to say, okay, we will do it for farmers because it's a huge percentage. Yeah. It's just politicians. It's the old logic of here's our laws. We're profiting off this. Yeah. 
you know, people are going to, or you're not willing to pay, you know, you don't want to pay double the price for almonds because mm-hmm. almond, almonds take a shitload of water. And I think that's what's going to come down to is the old generation and the current, the rich that want to stay in power. They are willing to do anything to. Let me, let me tell you what this reminds me of. This, in this, follow me. This is a weird connection. Okay. Um, but, but whenever I used to play Battlefield games like Battlefield, that company and Battlefield 3, Mm-hmm. Um, Call of Duty players would complain that holy, why are you using the tank? Why are you, you pussy? You suck! Why are you using the tank? Yeah. And I and and here's where you come in and be like, it's a battlefield game. Play the game like a goddamn battlefield game, right? right. And what I'm seeing here is that you, you and I are not playing a ba- the battlefield game. We're we're mm-hmm. playing we're playing like Call of Duty players here. Yeah. Um, and what I'm saying is the lobbies are immensely powerful here, mm-hmm. and it sucks that money in politics is. It's, it's it seems the most it's it feels like it's the most commonsensical issue that we could you know all agree on and be like listen we just need less money you know yeah. influencing politicians because this shit doesn't work it's not working out this way yeah um, and, and it's not just lobbyists but also like unions like but here's the thing here's the thing we should do this I mean we should be you know uh, we should be lobbying um, and we should be buying puppets and politicians because eventually VR is going to go through some shit, right? Mm-hmm. It's only a matter of time before they start accusing VR or scapegoating VR for the next mass shooting. Sure. Um, and so, and so, what are we doing? You know, what are we doing as an industry? You know, are are we going to stand by as as laws and regulations start getting passed, or are we going to start buying some puppets? Yeah. I think, we, I think we need to do the latter. Yeah, that's very true, and I think it, then it, you come to the it comes to the conclusion of do the ends justify the means? Mm. You know, are we really willing to succumb to the lowest common denominator, yeah. the lowest form uh, of lobbying scum just to push it forward? <sighs> yeah, and for some, like for example, Oculus and Facebook, they say yes, of course. What the hell are you talking about? You're crazy. You're stupid. While others, like you know, the altruistic ones, are like, oh hell, no, what are you talking about? And I, it's going to be interesting seeing that change. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's, I think it's in, be- in everyone in everybody in the industry's best interest that we remain altruistic for as much as we can, because mm-hmm. I think that VR itself is such a powerful tool mm-hmm. that uh, when the voices of um, uh, of skepticism and opposition start rising, mm-hmm. um, then we need to start having examples of like, well, look, we have something like Jahan that gives people from all over the world the ability to look, see the loop, right? And yeah. we have things like Discover that are redefining and changing education forever. And, yeah. and you go down the list, so on and so forth, all the things that are fucking awesome and that are helping people, right? Um, but is that, is, that, is that realistic, though? Is that, is that for us to, for, for you and I to say, like, listen, we should, it's in everybody's best interest to be altruistic. Yeah. I hope so. Uh, I wish so. Right. I think then what it comes down to, uh, Vincent Cert, uh, one of the creators of ARPANET, and the, uh, he's now a chief evangelist at Google, he's been talking about the, the potential digital dark age, is that we're storing all our content in a few websites and not backing them up to the point where if one website goes down, hmm. then all, all of our shit will be deleted. And I think it's the whole saying of who watches the Watchmen uh, back in Roman times where like we have Facebook, Google have all this power and they can easily 
control the content and easily alter it. Uh, yeah, Facebook has even admitted to changing people's news feeds mm-hmm. to, to see if it altered their moods. Mm-hmm. And they don't give a shit. And that's the thing that worries me is in virtual reality, we're fully immersed. What if someone goes and changes what's around us? Then we have the thing of what is real and what is not. Yeah. What is... That's a, that's that leads me to this uh, talk that I saw. So I, I don't know if you've noticed, but I, there's a pattern here. I spent my free time listening and watching lectures on YouTube about VR. Yeah. Um, it's 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 after I was done with Rick and Morty, I was like, well, what else can I do with my life? So it, that's the next best thing. And I discovered this one talk that surprisingly only had like 36 views on YouTube. Really? But it's this talk by Steve Laval. He's this principal scientist at Oculus. Okay. And one thing he said, um, and he was had this talk about human perception uh-huh. and VR. Um, and one thing he said that really stuck out to me was um, at 20 milliseconds, there is no free will. Hmm. Let me let that sink in for a second. Okay. Because what that reminds me of is that scene from Fight Club with Tyler Durden would uh, would go into movie theaters and he would like clip uh, porn scenes into movies. Yeah, yeah. and so and so people would, and I don't know if there's real scientific research behind this, but like in the movie that you know he would show porn scenes and people would either feel disgusted or like children would start crying for no reason. Yeah, and so you know I think about like all right, so that's a movie, you know. VR is a magnifier and at 20 milliseconds imagine all the subliminal messages that people could start getting thrown at you know yeah so is there what do you think about that idea like at 20 milliseconds there is no free will it's all physics because it's true it's like it's like the signals from your prefrontal cortex where you know most of your semantic processing and all that stuff is happening mm-hmm. it takes a little bit of time right because it, 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 let's say you got light information goes through your eyes right has to go through the optical nerve, through the thalamus, up to the visual cortex, visual cortex V1, V2, V3. Uh-huh. And then the prefrontal cortex has to like, and you got this loop where it goes to the prefrontal cortex and that processes shit. And then you got to, and then, and then it figures out, all right, so this, and then it has this battle between your two left side and right side of your brain. Holy shit, it just, it, in all that, it, it seems like it's happening instantly, but no, it takes a little bit of time, right? Yeah. And this is where the HMD becomes so powerful, right? Mm-hmm. What, what, what do you think are the potentials for abuse here? You know, what... Oh, where do I start? Uh, <laughs> uh, subliminal is a big one. Uh, that's what worries me so much about Facebook and Oculus. Most people say, oh, you know, what's the big deal anymore? But, okay, I'm up, again, I gotta play the devil's advocate because, because, again, I, I can't be a, this can't be a circle jerk, Dara, this cannot be a circle jerk. There has to that be... attitude. <laughs> 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 off the mic, off the mic. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, what do you? What, what's uh... a? <laughs> if I had a penny for every time someone said that to me, not with that attitude. Yeah. Oh man, Burning Man next oh, year is man. gonna be so weird. I'm uh, gonna, dude. I'm gonna figure out for real. I'm gonna, I'm gonna try next year to crack an egg with my butt cheeks. I promise you, Dara, but not Dara. I'm gonna do it, and it's gonna be happen at Burning Man. Okay. And for everyone listening. Come to Burning Man just for that with us. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude, I could do it at the slave auction. Maybe I shouldn't talk about the slave auction. All right. We, we, Wait, we're not talking about the slave auction. Well, we we got to talk about Facebook. What? Do you, what? Tell me about. <laughs> tell me the the things, the shit talking you You're have. You're not on providing the audience opportunities for the real topics here. <laughs> not with that attitude, Dara. <laughs> Um, <laughs> oh, no, okay, no, in all seriousness, okay, yeah, yeah. we'll do butt cheeks and slave auctions later. Yes, yes, uh, yes, yes. yes. Uh, maybe. <laughs> 
later in the podcast, another podcast. <laughs> yes, yeah. There'll be plenty of time. Or converting man. <laughs> yes, that too. Now I'm just imagining a huge circle jerk at Burning Man. Because they do that. They do that at Burning Man. They, they do that? That's they, a real circle jerk at Burning Man. Are you serious? Yeah. So so what? Like you? So like, do you use two hands or one hand? I, I never went. I have no idea. Okay. <laughs> All I remember is people saying they'll jerk off in a circle. Okay. Oh, so you like so you don't have you're not jerking other people off in a circle like they probably have that too. That but, would be true. Okay. Yeah. Um, okay. Wow. Back to okay. Back to Facebook. Back to Facebook. Oh, yeah, we can talk about all of that later. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's another huge topic on its own. Blowing people's minds. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so for Facebook um, and, and other companies too, let's not single out Facebook. Yeah. 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 Uh, companies are not afraid to exploit people to for their own means to either for research gains, quote-unquote, or maximizing profits. Uh, you see this with advertising. You see it with native advertising. You know, company, corporations pay journalists to write content that appears as news but really isn't. And okay. it's that's a big problem, I think, it's going to be with virtual reality. I, I hope it's not a problem. That okay. Imagine, like, you go into, you walk into this metaverse, and you go into this home and it turns out it's really for Procter and Gamble. That it's all altered just for just for you and it's all based on like analytics of oh I look at this. Okay, you looked at this MacBook in VR, therefore we think you will enjoy this and the world around you changes because of that. Hmm. And and it's 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 scary if you think about it. Like then you think what is real, what is not well not this is real because it's fucking virtual reality, but then your mind is like well shit. And I think companies are not afraid to exploit that. And I think that's very dangerous because then we think then if our virtual lives are changed and we already see this now with, with internet, the internet, uh, uh, with the internet, it's, it's already exploited. We're already being exploited. We are the product. Now imagine that in the third dimension, we are literal, we are literally ourselves and we are literally the product though. But here's the, so here's the kind of argument like, Game theory. If, if if not Facebook, someone else will do it. Mm-hmm. And 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 it's um, and so what is the alternative? Like, what do you what would you propose here? That, you know? I, I think we should ask we should ask ourselves the hard <clears throat> questions. We should actually have a dialogue and discussion instead of just laying down and hoping everything turns out for the best. Okay. Uh, having regulations, uh, having standards. But again, but it, here's the thing, and he, I'm. I'm a, uh, I hate what do you say uh, labeling myself, but I, I I did I do see the pro government um, side of the argument in some senses. Like, but here is somewhere where like, well, how the fuck could we regulate an industry that is moving so fast? Yeah, you know, it seems like it, it's it's kind of like what's happening with the mobile and the smartphones, right? Like um, what Verizon and Comcast and all of them are doing, or they're like. They're like they're they're putting all these data caps on yeah. smartphones and stuff because mm-hmm. they can't get they can get away with it now. Yeah. You know, whereas they couldn't do with broadband or DSL. Something something happened. No, Comcast is doing it with the broadband now, data caps. Okay. Yeah, they're doing it. So so basically we're being held hostage by them. Mm-hmm. Right. Um what, where was I going with this? What, what I'm saying is um Someone's going to do it, right? Yeah. And so, and, and, and what are, how are these companies going to make money? What is it that they're going to do, right? Are, are they going to have Facebook subscription? So basically, they're going to lock me from, away from my Facebook 
um, unless I pay a subscription and it, it'll be ad free. Is right. that, is that something like an opt yard? Yeah. Like an opt in sort of thing or Yeah. Uh, I don't know. And that's this is where it comes down to net and this is basically the argument for net neutrality. And I mean I'm pro net neutrality, uh, you know. I think I am too. Yeah. <laughs> I hope you are. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and this is like net neutrality works both ways. Uh, for example, um, T Mobile offers free music and video streaming. Uh, it does not affect your data limit, your data cap. Okay. Uh, and people go, wow, that's great, because they get given something for free, you know. But that's also an argument against that. That's also, that's also that's anti-net neutrality. Because someone will, someone is willing to pay or get to the level lobbied so they are included in that free service. Or like, let's say like, okay, for music, mm -hmm. you know, Spotify is one that is included. But we are trying to do our own music startup. Mm -hmm. Well, we have a music distribution streaming platform and buzzwords. Where we do it, but we don't have the capability going up to T-Mobile ourselves or Deutsche Telekom and uh, the owners of T-Mobile and go, listen, we want to do this. Who are we? We're just two, we're just two fucking people in, in San Francisco doing a startup like everyone else. Mm -hmm. They say, well, who are you? Okay, come back later. Mm -hmm. And we're already at a huge disadvantage. And that's the that's one big argument against T-Mobile's thing. And, and so I think people, corporations and, and companies are... That's actually what I think. I think corporations are... Are think trying to th or some of them like Facebook are thinking of a different way of tackling like how do we control the internet, mm -hmm. and that is through the appearance of we are giving you something for free, therefore you have to sacrifice something. Yeah, uh, but really I don't think it has to be the case. But people are like, oh, you should you're ungrateful. You got this for free. What the hell's wrong with you? Mm -hmm. And I'm like, well, what do you mean? Facebook tracks me even when I'm not on Facebook. Facebook tracks non-Facebook users, like. What are you talking about? Like, if I'm not on Facebook, if I don't have a Facebook account, why should they track me? I'm on Facebook.com. Why the hell should they, tra they track my internet usage? And, yeah, and I think it's scary. And I think where VR is going to be magnified. Yeah. Yeah, it's, um, uh, yeah, I, I uh, hopefully not. <laughs> hopefully not, right? I mean, shit, because it's, um, because I want to live, I, I want to live in a world where like I can have, because uh, it's a form of censorship. It's a form of um, when you when you have this feeling like, oh man, this I, that you censor yourself from showing who you truly are, who you truly are. If you mm -hmm. know that there's an algorithm yeah. tracking everything you do, okay. you know, if I like like I've actually played it to my, I've used it to my advantage. Where like you know, if I'm uh, if I'm doing a Google, like I only leave my Google searches for just job-related stuff. Nice. Right? So Google is only giving me job-related shit, right? Mm -hmm. And whenever I need to uh, release the beast, I go on DuckDuckGo, right? Nice. Um, because I don't want my grandma to find out all my fetishes, right? Right. So so it's... Um, so so I think I, I think there's got to be... Maybe, maybe it's... Maybe we shouldn't expect Facebook to... And, and and Google and all these other companies to not to not track us. Maybe it's a matter of like giving people the tools, um, like the ad blocks and the you know the VPNs and the you know what's it tunnel bears so that they can protect themselves and protect their identity and protect that, the, who they want to be. You know, because mm -hmm. I feel like this is you know a subtle form of twenty first century censorship. Yeah, through technology. But why can't this be an opt in <laughs> thing instead of an opt out thing? But then again, but think about all, 
Think about all the people in the world who don't give a shit about this, you know, and they should, but don't, right? Yeah. It's, I, 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 feel, I feel like, I feel like they would, I, I feel like, yes, it should be opt-in, but the issue here is how much brain power people are going to dedicate to thinking about this issue, because there's so many other issues in the world. And there's so many issues that I, I, as a person, have over, you know, whether, well, who, who gives a shit if Facebook wants to know who I am, let them know. I mean, that's another thing, that's another argument about this generation. This generation and the one that's preceding us doesn't give a fuck. No. You know, it's, I talked to my little cousin, like, he's like 14, and it, like, holy shit. You know, it's just this, it's this whole, it's this whole new type of human here. <laughs> the type of human that grew up with the internet and doesn't know what life was like. Yeah. Versus the type of human that you and everybody else that knows what life was like before it, like mm-hmm. there's a different there's a different wiring going on here. Yeah, um, and I think that companies are going to use that to their advantage in the oh, future. Oh hell yeah, they already are. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's a really good documentary out there uh, from Frontline PBS called Generation Like, mm-hmm. and it talked about how like you know the new generation and how advertisers and, co- and companies are you know, like doing brand marketing for them and that they're letting the people do the marketing for them Yeah, through social media. And, and the concept of selling out is not nearly as prevalent, if at all. That's another thing. That's another thing I struggle with. That's an, like, I maybe it's because I'm this, you know, hypocritical techno hippie, but like, but I, I, I have a huge respect for people who don't sell out. Yeah. Right. Like your Dan Carlin's, your, you know, the, the president of Uruguay, uh, you know, just people who hold on to their principles. But it seems like the rest of society doesn't give a fuck. Yeah. So are, am I wrong here? Like, am I, should I sell out Dara and make some money now? Like, what's, what the fuck? Or should I starve and hold on to my altruistic principles? It's all about what you want to do with life, man. If you want to be comfortable with your life and just make it easy for you then. I just want to crack an egg with my butt cheeks for once I, that's all I want to do man. I got some eggs in the fridge okay. <laughs> <laughs> no but seriously like what, what that's you know it just that perplexes me how that I, I remember when you know people used to look down on someone who was a sellout yeah but that doesn't just what am I old are we dated what's happening no I think I think it's just the game has changed social yeah. media has changed everything we think about it uh, and then we come to the argument, it's free, you should be grateful. Yeah. Really, like, we're just being manipulated. Uh, <coughs> like, all these, like, Twitter campaigns of, like, that are so-called um, uh, grassroots and all that. Mm-hmm. It's very carefully meticulated. And it's just, for example, the Obama campaign is a really good example of this. Uh, when I was campaign manager of the Obama campaign in North Carolina, North Carolina was a big, like, swing state. It was really important, so we had to... We had to do a lot on social media, and I actually knew the CTO of the Obama campaign. Hmm. I actually, I actually uh, caught up with him a few weeks, uh, a few months ago, hmm. and and he's a really honest guy. Actually, we admitted that that we they entered by the means, so we were able to manipulate it. We that you think it was grassroots the Obama campaign, for example, or Hunger Games, Mockingjay, whatever. Mm-hmm. And, and but really, it's very meticulous. It's very precise. It's down to the minute, down mm-hmm. to the second. And it's all for manipulating and changing people's perceptions of things. Yeah. And you want them to do the work for you. Yeah. That's the best thing on social media as a company is. We're not doing as much. We're letting people do it for us. And we entice it saying, oh, have this free sticker or have, you know, something that's worth $10, have a free movie ticket. You know? For, uh, for you, that's $10. Wow, great. I get to save it for free. But for us, that saves us so much money. 
and just allows for more exploitation. Yeah. And it's not going to, I don't think, I hope that, I hope it will change, but I don't think it will change. I think it's going to get much, a lot worse. And I think in VR, it's going to magnify. This just reminds me of a talk, uh, that same talk Steve Laval talk. He, he, he joked for, for a brief second, like what's, what's, uh, he's like, he asked the class something like, uh, what's easier to control a human or a robot? And everybody left in and he's like, you decide. And I, and that left me thinking for a while, you know, mm-hmm. because in today's world, it seems like that if you can control a robot, you know, algorithms and, you know, and, and yeah. you can control humans mm-hmm. uh, to a bigger degree, right? But, uh, man, oh, fuck, that's going to, that's an interesting question uh, that we are going to have to, like, you know, I, that I want to talk to people over time, you know? Yeah. What's easier for you? What, 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 if I ask you, Dara, right now, uh, Dara, what's easier to control, a human or a robot? What kind of robot? Mm, whatever the first thing that comes to mind. Okay, fine. Uh, I think of that Honda robot then. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that weird Honda one. Uh, Osimo? Osimo? That's him, yeah. Okay. Or it, I guess. Yeah. It has a gender. But, um, logically, I would say the robot. Because it's just a button and you control with a joystick. The humans are very easily persuaded, I think. Uh, for example, like we, we look at the, the Donald Trump presidential campaign, yeah. and all you have to see is say some pro- pro- provocative shit, and you're just all over the news. You just humans are so impressionable, yeah. and and I, I you, it's easier to control a robot if you have the controls. Uh, but I think it's much easier to control humans as well if you have the cap- if you have the capability and the voice. Yeah, that's sort of that's one of the things I'm running into when I talk to like business types. Um, they're all they're like I can see it clearly. Like these, this, this fucker's playing mind games with me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's it's and it's like, ah, God, maybe I don't belong here because I'm like I don't like that kind of personality. I don't want people to like play mind games, business mind games with me, like that shit. Because I can see it, I see it, and it's like, no, I don't want to relate my, you know, I don't want to like associate myself with someone who who can't talk to me face to face and yeah. tell me what you want. Mm-hmm. And then, and not play fucking mind games with me, and yeah, it's 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 interesting, it it because it, it's yeah, because it's so bizarre. It know? really is. No, yeah, no. Like I was doing my business international business degree, and I saw that a lot, and I I, I got sick of it. I, yeah. I hated it. Trust me, I studied politics for five years. Like that's what I majored in college. Yeah. So I know manipulation. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, no. And then when I worked for the Obama campaign, I saw that too, and it made me hate politics. Uh, that's why I got out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got out of I got out of politics when I realized I was like, "Whoa, we're not solving shit here." There's no, there's no. It's not about solving shit here. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought it was, but um, but that's why. I, yeah, but that's a story for another. Yeah, another podcast. It's a story for, for sure. Me for sure. Too. Like I almost, I almost got sent to jail and almost did not become a U.S. citizen because of the Obama campaign. Really? That's a, yeah, that's another story though. Holy shit. That actually could be, that, that could be, that ha- might have huge implications when I talk about that. Whoa. Holy shit. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, that's off mic. I want to know what the fuck oh, happened. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. We're, it's getting, it's getting kind of long. Um, do you have any final thoughts, anything that's in the back of your mind that we didn't touch on? Oh man, there's so much to there's talk so about. There's so much. Oh, like, like that almost needs to be, we need to do another podcast. Yeah. yeah. There's going to be a marathon. There's going to be yeah. some like, marathon <laughs> the trilogy yeah. anthology or something yeah. I don't know uh, hey I did it with Carl Krantz I can do it with you really how many yeah. podcasts did you do it uh, the first I, I released back in the day I did three podcasts with Carl like okay. it was it was this tr- trilogy nice uh, and it was awesome but alright but yeah what, what do you have in mind what do you what's going on uh, 
Okay, uh, I guess to end it, I would say never stop questioning, but never stop being hungry. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Well, never stop being hungry, but never don't put the wool over your eyes. Mm-hmm. Always see the broader perspective of everything around you. Mm-hmm. And that's actually why I love traveling so much, is you get to see the broader perspective of everything. Yeah. And don't so easily get be naive and manipulate yourself and get manipulated. Yeah. yeah. But don't be an asshole and a cynic either. <laughs> there's a fine line we gotta, a fine line. We, gotta fuck, we gotta fuck we gotta walk fine lines here yeah life. um yeah to get through it yeah and i think vr will have lot, there's gonna be a lot of opportunities and also a lot of challenges coming up for vr yeah uh twain said history doesn't repeat itself it rhymes but i think we're gonna see that yeah. yeah what happened with the internet and the app uh the app boom and shit we're gonna see similar with vr okay uh yeah for better or worse. So on that dystopian prediction, Darba Nagdar, it's been a pleasure, man. Thanks a lot for your time. How can people stay in touch and follow all the things that you're doing? Well, I'm the only Darba Nagdar in the world, so if you just Google me, you'll find me. Uh, <laughs> you hear that, NSA? <laughs> Uh, yeah, about that. <laughs> uh, they know me. <laughs> they know me, definitely. Uh, um, yeah, that's another story. Oh, oh snap, man. <laughs> you come, you're coming back. You're coming uh, back. I need to know more. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, yeah, jahanworld.com, jahan.global, dar.gmail.com. Just Google my fucking name, Facebook my fucking name. I'm not on Twitter anymore. Well, actually, I do have a Twitter account, but I never use it. Okay. Someone actually took, someone actually stole my Twitter account and used it for their own. Oh. So now I have like a thousand followers. I'm like, okay. Well, <laughs> I'm not angry at them. I'm like, it was just some like Turkish guy who took it. I'm like, Okay. <laughs> well, thank you, Turkish guy, for stealing Dara's uh, face. It was another account. Twitter account, but I'm like, I'm not even angry. Like, yeah. Why did you take this? I don't know. I'm like, not even mad, bro. Yeah, I ain't mad. I just changed the password. I'm like, okay. Was my Gmail account hacked? No. Okay. Change the password. Yeah, it's interesting. Like, <laughs> it's the weirdest thing. <laughs> All right, Dara. Thanks again. You're being a true scholar and gentleman of virtual reality. Um, I'm looking forward to our next overstatement one. of the year. Right? <laughs> thank you. It's always a pleasure talking to be Chris. Bam! Alright. That's that was awesome. That was fun. <laughs>